For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links go to gabrielrutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for $5 a month, click the Substack link in the episode notes. You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. It's a metaphorical drive home. Podcast today, I am not in Kia Rio Studios. I'm in the Rio Studios. Uh, I'm on the fourth floor of the Rio Hotel. What a... This is the worst view I've ever had in this hotel. I get a parking lot. I get some workers. I get a bunch of like uh, HVAC equipment that I'm sure my dad would find very interesting. That was his job, that kind of equipment on uh, at a hospital. He worked at hospitals his whole life running that kind of uh, equipment. So when I was a kid, he'd be like at our band concerts. And I would look up and see him in the audience staring at ductwork. <laughs> uh, also, what is the Okay. I don't even see any other hotels. There's no view of other hotels. There's some like apartments way across the way. There's a uh, some billboards. Sin has consequences. Repent. That's the billboard. That's a lonely sign here in Las Vegas, in Sin City. I suppose it's a more honest sign than what happens in, in Vegas stays in Vegas. I actually, you notice they, they're trying to get away from what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, maybe because it's too, like, you know, <laughs> fuck a hooker, your wife won't notice, you know. So I noticed they changed, they're changing the, they're trying to change the slogan from, what happens here only happens here. Which I guess is like, honey, I only get hookers in Vegas. So don't worry about it. I mean, sex workers. <laughs> what if that was the thing that made the wife mad? If the husband came home from the Las Vegas business conference and was like, Honey, I got so drunk. I'm so sorry. I had sex with a hooker. And she was like, Stanley, how could you? They're called sex workers now. I think I've said this before, but the Rio, uh, speaking of Vegas slogans, whatever, Sin City, what happens here stays here, all that shit. I've only seen it here. It's probably somewhere else. But the Rio sells a shirt in their gift shop that says, uh, fuck around and find out. That's what the Las Vegas fuck around and find out, which is so, uh, scary. I think they're talking about the buffet here, but I'm not sure. I've never had the buffet here, but I have had employee dining. A lot. And uh, I have gotten diarrhea a couple times. Why do people listen to this podcast? I was doing some math. It's one of my hobbies. Uh, <laughs> that's not true. But I remember I had a job 
uh, when I delivered Mexican food, uh, when it would be really slow and I'd pre- be pretending to be busy, I would, they had like a calculator next to the phone. Like one of those big kind, you know. And, uh, I would just do shit on the calculator, like, okay, if I could sell something for $20 and I sold 10 of them a day, that's $200 a day. That's pretty good. <laughs> Little did I know it. I'd go on to be a very successful t-shirt salesman slash comedian. But I'm here at the Rio, at the Comedy Cellar. Uh, I am here. Uh, I didn't do it last month. I'm doing it twice this month. Twelve weeks this year, which is uh, – let me go over to my big calculator. Uh, it's about three months. It's about three months. I'm also working like three or four other Vegas weeks, which means I'm – I fucking live in Las Vegas. Almost four months this year I will be here. That's ridiculous. No, I mean it's – although the math is like, you know, I'm always – it's a little more than I'm normally gone in a year if you throw in all the other stuff besides Vegas. But really I'm gone months every year. It depends how you do the math. You know what I mean? If you work 40 hours plus a week – you're at your job two days a week. God, that's depressing, isn't it? You ever do that math? I'm not in the car. I should do the math. You ever those things that are like how often you, how many years of your life you sleep on average? All right, here we go. Oh, hold on. I got to get online. The average person spends 26 years of their life asleep, which, uh, you know, if you're in your 20s, you're probably like, that's depressing. If uh, you're a little older, you're like, that's not enough. How many years of your life are you on the toilet? One and a half years. It says more if you eat the employee dining at the Rio. One and a half years, you're on the shitter in an average life. Man. Math is depressing. Any hoozles. Uh, shows are going okay uh, here at the Rio. How long have you worn glasses, sir? Hold on. You're, you were born with glasses. That's it. <laughs> Condolences to your mother's vagina. Um, <laughs> A uh, big thank you to everyone who came to see me last week at a pirate-themed bar in Linwood, The Vessel. Uh, that was cool. Little side room there uh, in the captain's lounge. Is this uh, anyone's first time in a pirate-themed venue? <laughs> Hell yeah! You walk in and you're like, they're not fucking around. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks for coming to the captain's lounge. 
I love this place. No fruit. That's how committed they are on the menu. They serve no fruit. If you only eat here, you may get scurvy. I'm just letting you know. I'm letting you know. They're not fucking around. This is a lifestyle. Their culture is not your costume. So do not ask for fruit. They get fucking mad. That was a fun spot. We sold that thing out. I don't know, 85 plus people. On a holiday weekend, not bad. Uh, I appreciate. Um, I mean, some someone, uh, one couple came from Portland to go to Linwood. That's a good uh, th two and a half, three hour drive to come see me. Uh, I appreciate that. My birthday, by the way, uh, December twenty sixth, which sucks. You don't you don't want a birthday one day after Jesus' birthday. Um, what was that? Try having 9-11. I don't want to talk about that. I'd just go with 9-12 if I were You're the only one allowed a birthday week. I will allow it in your case. But the good news is people, people never forget. It's like a comedy game show where people yell out, Problematic. Happily suggested. 9 11, what do you got? Work with that, Chuckle Monkey. Let's go. Abortion. Good luck. They have started remodeling the Rio because they have new owners. And, uh, they should. I mean, my in the hallway uh, on the fourth floor here, there's like it looks like water came out of the wall or something. It's all bubbled out with tape all around it. It's uh, it's about due for some remodeling. But the rooms themselves, I mean, they're certainly not modern, but they're fine. I've been a road comic for too long to bitch about having to stay uh, at the Rio. I've had too many bed bug bites in my time to be like, this room sucks. This room's great. Hi, Gabriel Rutledge. Happy to be here, guy. Actually, when I was staying at the, uh, whatever that was, weeks ago, I was staying at the Tropicana. And like six or seven people sent me this article about, and they were like, hey, be careful. There's bed bugs at the Tropicana. And then I, it kind of reminded me of how, like, I guess it's like how media works, right? And I do it too. But it's like when I actually read the article, it was like they did a report and six or seven hotels in 2022 had had a report of bed bugs. Someone in, like, June last year at the Tropicana said they had a bed bug bite. Like, yeah, that's got to be every hotel in the world. It was really just a headline that said Vegas bed bug outbreak, and it really wasn't. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm not guilty of uh, just reading the headline. But, like, be careful. They have a bed bug outbreak. And then it's like, last year there was one report at this hotel. It's like, okay. There's not enough people in the Tropicana to keep bed bugs alive.
They all starved to death. I saw Rich Little when I was at the Tropicana. Any podcast listeners over 55? I barely know Rich Little. Rich, he has like a a residency there at like, I think Sunday to Wednesday at like 6.30. Rich Little used to be on like the Johnny Carson Tonight Show all the time. He did all these like, uh, I know him because I had these Dean Martin roast VHS tapes that I got. I think my wife got them for me because I watched the infomercial so often for them that she just bought them for me. Uh, you know, and they're all from the 70s and 60s. And I think, I think they put them together as a, a VHS tape series, uh, shortly before Dean Martin died because he would introduce them all, like from his ranch in front of a horse, barely coherent. He'd just be like, I'll never forget the time we roasted Jack Benny. Let's take a look. And then they'd go to the footage. So Rich Little's 85 years old, I think, 86, something like that. And he is an impressionist, but his impressions, I don't think he did an impression of one person that's alive. Ronald Reagan, John Wayne, Jack Benny, Paul Lind. Do you remember, anyone remember Paul Lind? He's a like, in hindsight, clearly gay man that, in the 60s, they just called fun. And actually, the worst part of the show, I went, when I watched, it was like partly, I mean, there's a lot of people there very old, which makes sense. And I think it was great for them because he would literally be like, remember this guy? And then they would clap like, yes, we do remember that guy. No one remembers that guy anymore. So I think the nostalgia thing was kind of fun. But the worst part about the show, so I, I partly I was like, it's so cool this guy's in his mid-80s and still doing this. And then sometimes I'd just be like, oh, man. you." But the worst parts were when he would try to modernize it. It, it seemed like he had paid an open micer to, like, spruce up his act a little bit. So it would be like he would be doing an impression of a long dead person. He'd be doing like a Ronald Reagan impression and then like try to stick a modern political reference in it where, you know, he'd be like, well, reminds me of Hunter Biden's laptop. And you're like, oh, no, (laughs) no. But it's still cool. I still got to see it. I'm glad I got to see it. If I was uh, if I was in Rich Little's inner circle, I'd be like, maybe get a hairpiece that looks a little older. You know, when you're 86, you can't have the hair of a 32-year-old. You got to pretend you have the hair of a 60-year-old who still has hair. It's too black. It's like jet black. Looks like someone turned off Hunter Biden's laptop. Anyway, he's a show business legend, and I'm – I was middling that week, so take it for what it's worth. I think about quitting. I don't want to quit comedy, but I think about when that happens. Obviously, you know, you got to keep your health no matter what your age. I know a lot of comics who had to quit because uh, something health-wise happened. 
But if it's just generally age, I think, am I just going to do it forever? I kind of want to do it forever. But then I, I kind of also, like, if I lose a step, you know, when I start losing a little bit on the fastball, I don't want to embarrass myself. But then you're like, maybe I won't know I lost my fastball. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. There's a certain age where just the travel would be. A, a certain kind of travel would be too much if you're in your 70s or whatever. But I, I don't know. I want to do it as long as it's fun and as long as I'm still good at it, as long as I have passion for it. But I don't, man, I don't know. Or if I, you know, I don't update my act anymore and I'm like, my son's in college. And meanwhile, my son has to give me a drive home after the show because he's 40 and I'm, I can't drive at night anymore. I have no jokes about my 12 grandkids, <laughs> but I have jokes about my children when they were little. When my daughter was two, my daughter's like, I have three kids of my own from three different dads. I fucked around and found out. <laughs> we'll see. One day at a time. Sober people are right. It's always one day at a time. Even if you're a drug addict, it's one day at a time. Did you say what a good bitch? I'm going to tell her that one again. She can't hear. I'll get away with it. Hey, baby, before you go to bed, you're a good bitch. What did you say? I said, I wish we were rich. <laughs> I'd rather be poor and be with you, baby. Have you ever had someone say first world problems to you when you're complaining? It's very annoying. I don't mind if you're complaining and you say first world problems as almost an acknowledgement of like, hey, look, I know this isn't that serious. But when someone else is telling you something and you go, well, talk about first world problems. That's kind of a fuck you. That's a mild fuck you, right? I was talking about my dumb shirts that I wear with, uh, you know, I, uh, I wear a t-shirt. If I'm performing, I wear a, whatever day of the week it is, I have a t-shirt that says that day of the week. And someone was asking me here in Vegas. They're like, do you have one for every day of the week? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And they're like, well, you always know what to wear every day. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's the idea. And then I was like, the only problem is like after I do laundry, I have all these black shirts laying around. I have to look through all of them to find out which day of the week I'm trying to grab. And she goes, <laughs> talk about first world problems. I'm like, yeah, I know. I wasn't saying... The worst thing about anyone's life could be searching through black t-shirts in your laundry room. 
I didn't say I have to walk 15 miles round trip to get water for my village. I was just saying, I have so many black t-shirts, it's hard to tell which day of the week. I'm look. I thought we were having a conversation, lady. It wasn't like I said, oh, these, you think these shirts are fun? They're a goddamn nightmare. I just did the math. 1.5 years of my life, I'm going to be looking for the right t-shirt. First world problems. Yes, I live in the first world. What problems do you want me to have? Also, if you travel enough, you know this country's barely first world. It's really leaning into second world. And how come we never hear about second world? We got first world problems, we got third world problems. Second world? Who's second world? Anyway, I had security throw the lady out. That's not true. I don't even know what security would do at this club if after the show I was talking to someone in the lobby and then I said to security, throw her out, please. I guess they would, but I wouldn't, of course, I would never do that. I mean, having an annoying conversation after a show is first world problems. I wouldn't even bring it up. Uh, you know, I have a, uh, if you're a, a listener, you know I've had a, uh, a viral video. Mostly viral on Instagram. Close to 28 million views on this, uh, this video titled, I am the assistant manager of my family. There's like a weird – this is the thing that kept me away from TikTok in the beginning because I was like, I just don't understand it. Have you ever seen like – it's either someone lip-syncing stand-up comedy or there's this new like genre where it's like a husband playing stand-up comedy to his wife and then – you get her reaction to the comedy. Like she either, either like rolls her eyes or tries to hit him or laughs or – and that's – I've seen that with other people besides me. But this particular video and a few other ones, but this particular video, like one of those couples that's like really popular. They have like a million followers. They did that for my assistant manager video and then they got four or five million views on it. And I don't – I'm not – I mean, yeah, I wish I got a little more credit for it. I think they tagged me on TikTok, but not Instagram. One time they just put hashtag Gabriel Rutledge. You got to tag my account. Anyway, it's not that I'm mad they're doing that. I'll admit I don't exactly understand why that's amusing. Just you're playing someone else's stand-up comedy, and then you laugh at it. But I guess what, if you look at the comments, what annoys me is people will be like, you guys are so funny. You guys are hilarious. Th this one's so funny. You guys, it's my fucking joke. I wrote that joke. They literally, just, they just played it and laughed about it. You guys are funny? I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand how playing something someone else made is considered entertainment now. But 
I know who Paul Lind is. So that's probably why I don't get it. Oh my God, you two are hilarious. They are? Is that why they use other people's content? Because they're so creative? Don't get me wrong. I'm glad people resonate with the things I say. I'm glad they think it's funny. I'm glad they want to play it. I'm glad this dude wants to get a reaction from his wife or whatever. I'm sure it's all set up anyway. All those reaction videos where people are like pretending they're hearing it for the first time is doubtful. But man, that makes me feel old to just like. They have like millions of followers because they play other people's content and laugh about it. Huh? I don't get it. I mean, for my comedy special that's going to come out in uh, someday, maybe you shouldn't even see me on stage. Maybe we should find one person in the audience and just leave that camera on the whole time and watch them laugh or not laugh. So my special is just someone reacting to my special. And then I put out a video of me reacting to them reacting to me. But that's a big genre online. People reacting to like viral videos or, you know, whatever. Someone does something dumb. Someone gets punched in the face and then there's someone reacting to them getting punched in the face. Or even who's the music guy? The Oliver Anthony guy. He's got that song about... You know, that guy pretending he's a coal miner in West Virginia. What's his name? Let me look at my computer. Oliver Anthony. Is that his name? Yeah. And I don't even hate the dude. He seems nice. But, like, there's all these videos of just, like, people listening to him and going, yeah, yeah. I actually feel bad for that dude. Not in the sense that I'm sure he's very wealthy now. But I feel bad for him in the way that like he puts he puts out some song. It's like about being broke and working hard and paying taxes and not getting shit. And then people are like, first wave is like all people like like conservatives trying to be like, yeah, this is our guy. This is the voice of the people. This is what we're talking about. To the point where in the in the Republican uh, debates. They brought that up, and then he had to – Oliver Anthony had to come out and go like, no, I'm not conservative. Two days later, he's got to come out and go like, no, I'm not a Biden supporter. And it's just – it's everyone's just trying to get their own agenda into this guy's popularity. And then, you know, we've seen this shit play out. How long, how long till someone goes, he used to say the N-word in high school. (laughs) How, How long? You know, cause you don't, when you're a social media star, it's hard to just stay out of the limelight. You are, that's all, that's the only reason you exist in people's mind is cause you put yourself out there. 
So if you just keep asking a person questions, eventually you'll find the thing you don't like about them. Because right now he's like, hey, it's really easy to go like, I don't like those fat cats in Washington. But then when it's specifically like, how do you feel about abortion? Well, now half the people are going to hate your answer if you answer. So I kind of, it's interesting because no one's really been able to like stick him where they want to stick him. Like he's, he's not conservative, but he reads the Bible. Also, by the way, if someone said he was, I saw some article that said he's making 40 grand a day from social media and iTunes and all that shit. And uh, I'll say this, Oliver Anthony, if you didn't like paying taxes before, Really going to sting a little bit now. He has a unique voice. I don't hate it. It sounds like old country, you know? But it is, the reaction was kind of weird. Like, this is like the anthem for our generation or something. And I'm like, have you guys never heard a song about being poor before? Have you ever heard of a genre of music called the blues? It's going to blow your mind. And even besides the blues, I mean, there's all these working man songs out there. Well, that's Bruce Springsteen's whole fucking thing. Well, the factory closed down, my ladies, missing around. You know, that's not even a Bruce Springsteen song, but it could be. I mean, if you like the song, great. But the reaction, finally someone speaking out for the working man was really odd to me. There's a lot of shit. Speaking out for the working man. So I've seen only clips of him in interviews. He seems like an authentic, genuine guy. I have no idea. I hope he doesn't kill himself. (laughs) And I also, it's like, he just put out some songs and then everyone's like really breaking down the lyrics. And I'm like, I guess I'm a little sensitive to that because people break down my stand-up comedy like it's lyric sometimes and sometimes i'm like i mean maybe he meant that but maybe he just needed something to rhyme and also he's trying to figure out you know he's basically putting out songs saying i'm tired of being broke and then fast forward a couple months and then it's like you know oh i turned down an eight million dollar label offer and i don't want tour buses i don't need 15 tour buses and a big and it's like well okay but you also have a some sort of weird lightning hit and you have a chance to create generational wealth right now you can buy so much red beard oil with this money also i I don't think he should have signed anything with a major label any label really because it's that what what's the you know you've watched enough uh I know what, I think everyone kind of knows enough about that business that if they give you $8 million that your recording budget comes out of it, your tour budget comes out of it. That's why there's all these bands who put out one album and then break up because they owe so much money to the label that they just have to break up or they would never be out of debt. And so, you know, he totally bypassed the entire music system. Why would he need them? To sell CDs? What? No. Is Rich Little still a star? No, you don't need to worry about selling CDs. You'll be good. 
You don't need to sign a contract with the rich men north of Richmond. Anyway, I love you, most of you. We're going to call this a podcast. Bye.